This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Kane in the pipe! Oh, and it's blocked! And it is going to be covered by the Saints for a touchdown! Each your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good! We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the 2022 season. That is going to be a touchdown! Taysom Hill! Taysom TD! Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again! And guess who? Mike Thomas! Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Welcome Inside Black and Gold, heading into week 13. The New Orleans Saints coming off another... Disappointing loss where they got shut out, Jeff. 13-zip to San Francisco. So much to talk about from that game, including more mishaps in the run game, especially with a guy like Alvin Kamara, who everybody expects more from, obviously. But fumbling just hasn't been something that has been an issue for him until this season, of course. Yeah, except for all year. (laughs) except for exactly when it's the worst, right? When it costs you games. In the two games the Saints have lost, without allowing 20 points or more, Alvin Kamara has fumbled and led directly to the opposing team scoring points. And this was week three against the Panthers where he he fumbled for a touchdown. And now week 12 against the... 49ers for a field goal, one of their three scores on the day. They only had a touchdown and two field goals, and one of them was directly following an Alvin Kamara fumble. So, like, these are games where those little mistakes, they are massive because there aren't that many points on the board, right? So, like, you could you could argue that Alvin Kamara was a major reason you lost both of those games. And that's he needs to be a major reason why you win games, you know, but we're going to, we're going to talk more about Alvin. We're going to talk more about, you know, is there a crisis of leadership on this team? Uh, which is weird to say because it's a very veteran laden team, but it's really does feel like there is, there is a, there's a leadership gap showing up somewhere. And then we're going to get into more from the film. I went through the saints 49ers film from week 12. It was not a pleasant experience, but that's, I've, I feel like I've said this exact thing at least five times this season. It was just, just bad football. 
the Saints did move the ball. The offense did move the ball, so we can talk about that. But, you know, obviously they didn't get into the end zone. It's weird because they were in 49ers territory of like the whole game and they just couldn't score. You know, if they if they wanted to go the, the, the Bucks route from 2020 where they just kicked a field goal late just to avoid being able to say they were shut out, they could have. They chose not to, which I, I think is the right move. But we'll get into some of the things I noticed in film. But first, Steve, obviously you were out there in San Francisco. What was the game like? What was the atmosphere like on the sidelines? I keep waiting for the day where we have people screaming at each other and like very clear infighting going on and fracturing. I haven't seen that. But what did you see down there on the sideline? Yeah, definitely not the case at all uh, where you see any in-house strife going on. I will say that the crowd was definitely present and loud. The uh, San Francisco faithful showed up. I won't say that the noise was a factor, but that you could definitely hear them. It's, it wasn't as loud as ever, like the Superdome can get, but it definitely felt – you felt their presence. I got sick and tired of hearing every time – the 49ers get a first down. They do the 300 champ. Now, oh, they go first down, 49ers. And then the fans go, oh, 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 oh. And, and that happened a lot, unfortunately. But, you know, other than some of the, you know, the injuries that happened in the game, there weren't anything where you could tell the team was struggling. Uh, there was a lot of actually animated, um, some of the animated guys on the sideline were on defense, like a shy Tuttle. You could tell him trying to fire up some guys. And I don't know, Jeff. It's just it's weird because the team has the talent, and they just, for whatever reason, they nothing seems to go their way or go right for them either, whether it's by their own doing, by the referees. Something seems to happen to spoil a drive every single time, it feels like. Yeah, it's got to be tough for the defense. You know, I think the defense actually played really well in that game. Absolutely, yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, Shy Tuttle's over there trying to fire up his defense, but it's like, oh, he's not scoring points. And, (laughs) um, you know, we're going to get into more from the the lack of turnovers and the one that should have been, which is just crazy that that play didn't happen. But uh, we'll get into more of that. But first, I just say, Steve, remember when I told you that I, I partnered with a clothing brand and they sent me a Steelers shirt? Yes. Well, this time they sent me a good shirt. They sent me a Saints shirt. And uh, it's actually nice. It's a so it's a, called Ulta Pro is the is the is the is the brand. It's a nice little shirt. It's like a baseball shirt. Yeah, yeah. And like three quarters right black and gold. It's actually really nice. I like it a lot. I'm glad. I'm glad I get to wear it. And so anyone watching, anyone listening on the podcast, if you want a free shirt, I'm going to be tweeting out the details for the giveaway we're doing. So keep an eye out for that. I'm going to throw it in the show notes for this show when when it's done. So if you if you want to go Ooh. back to the recording. And uh, we'll be giving away one to whoever wins. So they'll have the instructions on how to enter. And yeah, it'll be a nice little giveaway. We can do these every couple of months, um, whenever this is. This I don't get anything out of this other than the, the shirt and the fact that we can give it away to one of our listeners. So that's uh, that's what I, I thought it was an interesting little partnership we could start. Throw I'll throw the link for the actual like place you can go buy them. And uh, yeah, in, in the description too. So um, yeah, I'm glad they sent me the right brand or the right team. Yeah. Another step uh, for Inside the Black and Gold moving up in the podcast universe. Our first giveaway. Yeah. Our next step would be getting having you say the name right. What? I said Inside Black and Gold. You said Inside the Black and Gold. I'm going to have to re- I'm gonna throw the red flag like in the commercials and go yeah. back and listen. Well, you, you, we don't need to. Yeah, because we have it <laughs> recorded. We can go back. You definitely said it. 
and you're that's not the name anyway sorry okay so yeah that shirt's there uh keep an eye out you could there's my twitter handle it's at jeff underscore noak n-o-w-a-k check that out i'm gonna post the details tomorrow morning along with the show so keep an eye out for that anyway moving on one of the things that i know people have been critical of regarding dennis allen has been his demeanor on the sidelines and there was an interview with mark ingram where he talked about like oh yeah you know if i fumbled he was on he did was an interview with mark and sean payton I can't remember who, it might have been Kay Adams. And he was talking about how like, oh yeah, if I had done that when you were on the team, you know, oh man, you know? And it, it, like people kind of took that as like, wow, Dennis Allen doesn't scare Mark Ingram. Like he's not putting the fear of God in these in these kids. And I, I don't know how true that is. You know, I don't know what, what goes on behind the scenes. But yeah, Dennis Allen is not the most animated person, especially on the sideline. Like you don't see him getting, you know, he'll like have these expressions, and but he's never like chewing somebody out. He's never fighting with the refs. And so here's what he had to say about that. And I thought his answer in his interview this week on Monday was actually really interesting because uh, he kind of acknowledged a lot of what people have been kind of questioning. I don't know. I felt like I had plenty of emotion on the sideline yesterday. You know, um, yeah, look, my personality is the way that my personality is. And I think our coaching staff's personality is the way that it is. We've got to we've got to do a better job of demanding that things be done exactly right, and all of us have to take accountability for it. Um, that's why this is a that's why this is a team game. But yeah, I don't think I don't think yelling and screaming is the answer to everything. I mean, all of us have been parents, right? Or at least most of us in this room have been parents, and um, I haven't found that when I yell and scream at my kids that the the um, the product changes. Um, usually, when you when you teach, um, that's when that's when those things change. So, a few things. One, you're talking to a room of sports reporters. Don't you? You shouldn't be assuming everyone in there has kids. I would say the majority right. of the people in that room don't have kids. I don't I have agree. kids. I know you have a child, but you know. No, but I would agree. A lot I think of, most people in the room don't. There's a lot of childless people in there. And it's because like the schedule of being a sports reporter is not conducive to having kids. Either way, like I thought it was a weird thing for him to assume about the, the room. But the other thing is like, do you think that treating the team the same way you treat your children is the way to go about this? They're doing No, these are professionals. Those are your children. And and this is like I say this all the time. I don't think Dennis Allen understands how to communicate with the media and how to, and how what he says comes off as because it's like that just feels like a disconnected thought of like no, you should not be coaching your team of professional athletes the same way you would raise your children. He was trying is that a to bold say statement. That. I don't think that's a bold statement. I think he was trying to put out there kind of that yelling doesn't equate to quality coaching and, and equate to people learning where, yeah. you know, when someone's screaming at you, you kind of maybe, I don't want to say tune it out, but you're, you're less likely to listen and maybe, you know, take down some pointers as something that's going to help you instead of being basically ridiculed. Um, no, I so I, yeah, I, 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 it was definitely a little awkward on how he explained that. And I agree with that to an extent, right? Like, I don't think that you should be constantly ripping into your players. You should be trying to build them up, not tear them down. I agree with that. I, I mainly, I'm just a big metaphor analogy guy, and that's just missed so badly that it's like, don't don't compare your team to your kids. Anyway, 
I do think that there is a media, there is a middle ground you have to hit, and I'm not sure he hits it enough. You know, like we, the only time I can remember him really getting upset and animated was in training camp when you had like three fights within three days. And he like huddled everyone together and he like cursed him out and was like, you know, play freaking football. And I was like, good. Like, that's the type of coaching that I'd like to see because it's like, I just, they, when I see this team, you don't team a team to be afraid to make mistakes, right? Like mistakes happen. It's un, it's it's impossible to avoid. There just seems to be this like kind of dispassionate attitude around the team. And I don't know if it's just an issue getting players fired up, but like, like DA said, his, his personality is his personality. So it's not going to change. He's not going to magically become a different person. And the question is more, is his coaching style conducive to quality, winning, comprehensive, attention to detail football? And you could make a real argument that it's not based on what we have seen this season. Because when he was a coordinator and when Sean Payton was running the show, the defense was always on point and the team itself always seemed to be on point. I'm not sure that can be said about the team this year. And, you know, it's not all on Dennis Allen, but I do think it comes down to, it comes back to him at the end of the day. And while he doesn't think that kicking and screaming all the time and screaming and yelling all the time is the best option for a head coach, I would like to see it sometimes because when your star running back is fumbling twice in key situations in a game that you should have been able to win or at least be competitive in, he should be getting chewed out on the sideline. Like that's that's something that should happen. And like I get it, he's Alvin Kamara, he's a superstar. You have to kind of you have to cater to them a little bit. I mean, there, if there's not accountability for that, what is there accountability for? Well, you, you pointed out obviously his record this year, and then you go back and look for his time uh, with the Raiders. His coaching record is 12 wins, 36 losses. That's a pretty decent amount of sample size for you to, to, you know, it's not, it's not just a small sample size of games that he's been involved in. So I I don't know. I feel like it kind of is what it is with Dennis Allen and it does not, it doesn't appear that his style or the way he talks to his players is coming across, which is, it's really strange because you would think from a defensive minded guy that he'd be a lot more, hard-hitting and aggressive, and I don't know. We just don't see that side of Dennis Allen at all, and he obviously had the respect of this defense for years, and I'm not saying the team doesn't respect him right now, but they don't They don't seem to re- be responding to him either. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think this team really likes Dennis Allen. I think the players really like Dennis Allen. And that's not, that's to me, that's not in question. Like this team likes to play for Dennis Allen. The players like to play for Dennis Allen. It's really just a question of whether 
the the larger kind of picture of the coaching and the team cohesion is hitting its mark. And uh, you know, D- James Hurst, I talked today, um, talked to the media today, and I thought he had some interesting things today. Here's here's a bit of what James had to say. I don't think that's on coaching. It's it's on the players. Um, it seems like you know everyone across the line, tight ends, you know, have had false starts at times. And you know, my opinion personally is that. It's uh, a personal accountability, you know, uh, no, no coaches uh, telling you, um, you know, when to, when to go. So uh, that, that's on us. That's, that happens on the, on the playing field on Sundays. The coaches are not out there playing. They're not out there lining up. So it, it's a personal, it's a player accountability that, um, you know, if you jump, you know, that, that's on you. And we got to understand if it's a communication issue, then that's on the people involved with whatever communication was happening uh, prior to the snap. But that is, uh, that's a player. That's a player issue. And I think there's merit to that, right? Like, like we can't. I think it's unfair to heap all of the criticism at Dennis Allen's feet. He is the head coach, so it it does eventually get to him. But you know, there there is a player element to this, right? There, I don't know if if Dennis if there's anything Dennis Allen could be doing differently that would stop your star right tackle from false starting on a fourth and five snap in a key moment of the game, right? Like. I, I don't see how how that is on the coaching, but you know it, it is it is it is a, just a question that you have to continue to answer because you have to find a a thread that you can pull to fix the issue. And it, these are the same players, right? Like it's not like it's not like this is a brand new roster. It's not like this is a brand new coaching staff. You look at look at what has changed and what is not working. And that's and that's where you land. But I, I think that that again, it's like, yeah, Ryan Ramchek should hold himself to a higher standard than that. I'm sure he does, right? You know, Chris Harris should hold himself to a higher standard than than what he did in that game. You know, I don't think that that illegal contact penalty was should ever be called. But that late hit out of bounds right before the only touchdown of the game that set him up at the five yard line. That's a hundred percent on the twelve year veteran who should never make that play. So. You know, like fundamentally, I think there are, there are flaws within this team. I think there's a talent deficit in in key spots, and I think that there is an accountability issue. And uh, you mentioned yeah. that hit out of bounds there. That that's definitely a, an area uh, a point of the game where Dennis Allen was riled up and angered, which you you would obviously expect. But yeah, and, and you just could feel it the way this season has been going too. After that penalty to keep you know San Fran's drive alive, you knew you knew. They were going to get into the end zone. And just the way they scored on that touchdown, too, was just absolutely ridiculous. Well, I, I think that, that they would have had a first down either way. The, it was really just instead of snapping it from the 10, they snapped it from the 5. So, like, they could have still scored a touchdown there with, with, with that penalty or without it. But it was just, it's like the, the circumstances that went into why that penalty occurred is just a, such a good example of, like, the, the fundamental mistakes that have been being made by this team. And that's like, if that was Alante Taylor, right? If it was Paulson Adebo, even a second year player, you'd been like, okay, you know, he just, you know, he's a young guy. He made a mistake. He's a 12 year NFL veteran. And it wasn't close. Like, that's a foul. Like, you can complain about a lot of the calls in that game. That wasn't one of them. That was an easy call to make. He was two steps out of bounds. He just pushes them. And it's like, God, man, like, if that's a six nothing game at halftime, you know, it's a different feeling. Once it got to 10, you were like, yeah, I don't think the Saints are going to score 10. <laughs> I think that they were going to get in the end zone once or none. No, and, it definitely uh, felt right there. It was like, oh, great. Here, here we go. That, 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 that kind of sealed the deal right there. I, I feel you totally right there. 
Well, and then and then how they scored with with Tyron, like, oh, he got his full hand on the ball. Like, it, if he was a receiver, you would have expected him to come down with that with one hand. Yeah, he's a he's a safety, so he's not. You know, if he was if he had hands like that, he would be a receiver. And oh, and, and the frustrating thing is, a lot of times you'll see that happen, and it's like he'll tip it up and he'll catch it. Right. In this case, Jawan Jennings just happened to be falling at the perfect spot to just you know catch it and um goddamn Jawan Jennings he's also the guy if you remember in the the fi- finale of last season when the 49ers beat the Rams he was all over the field in that game he just he's a Saints killer <laughs> he he had a really good game a guy who I didn't even know how to spell his name until you know until, <laughs> until that game uh, there's no there's only one j in it it is j a u a n interesting right yeah, not not the way Jawan Johnson spells his name. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's instead of Jawan, it's Jawan. But yeah, so I, I but I do think I do think that there isn't there is there is there are serious questions to be asked about the coaching staff. And I again, like I know I know people want to see Dennis Allen fired. I don't think you're going to see him fired. Maybe in the off season if things go very badly, he's not going to get fired mid season. You have five games left. It's not, it wouldn't even be worth it at this point. And I think this this team understands that it's not unreasonable for a coach to have struggles in year one. I will I do think that, and I think we might have mentioned this before, that Dennis is going to have to make some changes to the coaching staff. Not necessarily himself, obviously, but you could be looking at a new offensive coordinator, obviously with P. Carmichael Jr. Uh, struggling this year. <laughs> this year, the the. It doesn't seem like there's a good game, and then it seems like three or four bad games. Uh, it just hasn't been consistent at all, at, at all with this offense, and what they, what kind of quote unquote identity. You know, we talk about that right now, and we, you know, we, you, you think the identity of this team would be to run the football and let Andy Dalton manage the game, and they really have not been able to run the football. Oh, that would be one hell of a decision if Da went and fired himself. <laughs> like yeah we need to make changes <laughs> we need changes i'm out of here i'm out of here <laughs> no i agree like i think that's where you land right you you say okay we're not gonna make sweeping changes on this team but we need to find areas that we can make adjustments and i think that yeah i, I like i like Pete carmichael i think he's a really good football mind i don't think that he is a great fit to be the leader of an offense Right, like he is a coordinator through and through, and when you have a defensive head coach, you effectively need your offensive coordinator to be the head coach of the offense. And it was the main reason I didn't think he was going to get the job, and I don't think he wanted the job because it's like you need that. Like we talk about DA holding people accountable, but it's like you don't want your head coach, who is a defensive guy, who spends most of his time in the defensive meeting room, chewing out your running back over something that you know he's not going to be the one who's installing the offense, right? Like that needs to be the offensive coordinator. And I just don't know if he's a powerful enough personality, Pete, to, to do that, you know? And so like, that's where I would start. I think the defense has been fine. I actually think that they played really well in that game. Absolutely. And, and it's really just a question of like, what is the saints team? What is their identity? Obviously they, like we thought they were a running team and they proved early on in that game, they could not run the ball. And we're even going to try. I don't know what it is, but I think that's where I, that's where I would start. You know, I, I do think, you know, we've talked about this Alvin Kamara. He hasn't spoken to the media in the last three weeks, four weeks. And 
I think in the locker room after the game, he said it, he was, it, it's an on advice of his attorneys that he, he's not talking to the media, which I don't like that excuse. Yeah. He said that through, you know, media relations, basically that he's not going to speak due to his legal issues. And he's not even talking about football issues, which that makes no sense to me, especially no. as a team captain. Right. He's a team captain. It is like his responsibility to talk to the press. Like Chris Olave talks to the media after the game. Kay Nellis talked to us today. James Hurst. It's like Alvin has the answer for, you know, it's like, I get it. He had a rough game. You got to talk to the press. Like that's, that's your job. I'm sorry. Like, and, and it's annoying that because that excuse is not a good excuse because you know what, like he's been in these interviews. We've done it already. He's going to get asked once. He's going to say no comment. It's an ongoing legal matter. Yeah. And then it's gonna, and then the rest of the questions are going to be about something else. Like, cause you're not going to keep hammering him with questions about something he's not going to answer. He's only have so much time to talk to these guys. And I think using that as an excuse is just him dodging the media. And it's not a very team captain thing to do. I, I also have questions about why DeMario doesn't talk to the media more often. We don't hear from DeMario every week. We should be, but we do not hear from DeMario every week. We, we've talked to Kate Nellis twice in the last two weeks and have not talked to DeMario. DeMario has said before in losses in locker room, oh, I, I talk on Mondays. Well, he didn't talk today, which was essentially Monday for the team. We had right. Caden Ellis, not DeMario. Right. Like, you can't be a team leader only when it's convenient for you. You know? And, and like, that's talking to the media is something that the team leaders are supposed to do. Sending Caden Ellis out there to talk to us for the second consecutive week is not a good look. And I think when you look at it, when you're talking about a, a void in leadership, that's the type of thing that I think stands out. I would agree at least totally. To just it's it's really disappointing too. I, I talk, we talked a little obviously before the show, and it just you hate to bang on a guy like Alvin Kamara because when he does talk, he's he's been fantastic. He's definitely the favorite interview in the locker room. But right now, especially after having that lousy of a game, you wanna you wanna hear from your leaders and just avoiding them and using his legal issues as that veil is just really not becoming. Yeah. It's an excuse. It's an excuse. The team isn't playing well and he's, and he's, he's bummed about it and he doesn't want to talk about it, but it's an excuse. It's not, it's not a valid excuse. So yeah, I, I, I totally get to why then, you know, that kind of trickles down to other players you would imagine like, well, if you know, Alvin Kamara, Demario Davis, these team leaders aren't speaking. Now we didn't hear from Cam Jordan, but he's obviously uh was hurt last game and he just came back this week. Didn't see him in the locker room post game, but he's always been a guy that has stood up and taken the bullets even when things aren't, you know, going the right way. But yeah, I mean for, he talked me, with a busted eye uh, after right. the after the Steelers game, right? He wore sunglasses. Right, right. But for me, when you when you don't have two of your top key guys, the Mario Davis and Alvin Kamara, wanting to stand up and and be those the focal point for your team after those tough games, it's just not a good look, and it makes people to me question Dennis Allen's leadership even more when yeah. you have players not doing this. Well, right, like it's it's like you need people to be accountable, and I just don't think, feel like that has been the case this season and I think you've seen the results of that on the field where through week 12 you're still seeing the same exact disconnected type play and disconnected type activity and it's cost you games it's cost you multiple games and at this point it's like you only have four wins in 12 tries you know that's, that's a problem but all right let's wrap up that segment there and we'll come back and talk a little about the film stick around for that on inside the 
black and 